Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Bryce Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenix. Welcome into the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Price Atkinson, joined by my good friend Sean Murray, a guy that we sorely missed while we were in Omaha for nine days. Thought about paying property taxes right before we were getting out of town. We were there for so long. But we missed you, Sean. We had a great time, but it wasn't the same without you, though I know that you were pretty much glued from start to finish. How's it going? Hey, good, Bryce. Uh, thanks for having me back on here. Uh, I I missed being down there a little bit too myself, but it was it was a nice change to uh, be uh, just a fan on the sidelines watching all the action and uh, seeing all the gear that Twelfth End is now running. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, BA had some uh, awesome, cool new toys. Uh, you know, the cameras were awesome. You know, we did some some podcasting each night, kind of wrapping up each day. I mean, it was a uh, it was a fun time. It's certainly my first trials and, you know, looking forward to another one coming up here in a couple of weeks. But uh, it, as we kind of just take a step back and, and look back and just to tell everybody, let's go ahead and set the table. Coming up in the next segment, uh, we will have Alex Carlson, Derek McLean. They'll be competing at the upcoming Mixed Doubles Trials in Blaine, hosted by Four Seasons. That'll be December 13th through the 17th. So that interview will be coming up in the next segment. But first, we Sean Murray and myself, Price Atkinson. We are going to just, uh, I guess, peel it back, Sean. You obviously, we didn't get you to weigh in. You weren't with us. But I, I guess let's just go back. Your thoughts on, you know, how everything played out in Omaha. Surprises, reactions, et cetera. Well, uh, I would say uh, if, if, if I was to be asked to pick which two teams on each side were going to be playing the best of three series. Yep. Uh, I would have picked on both sides. The okay. teams that ended up there. Yep. Um, you know, I know, I know we talked earlier about the women's trials and we talked kind of about Corey Christensen's team and uh, they're a young up and coming team. And uh, you know, they, they, they gave it a good fight, but I kind of feel like, um, you know, the other two teams just had them beat a little bit in terms of just experience and all that. Yeah. So I felt that, it was going to be Sinclair Roth on the women's side. On the men's side, uh, it was no surprise whatsoever that Schuster was in the final two. Um, yeah. Not much of us, not much of a surprise that he that they ended up going to Pyeongchang. I felt kind of felt like it was their tournament to lose. Uh, McCormick was a pretty logical choice to get there too. Uh, so not a ton of surprise there. But for my part, I'd say the biggest overall surprise of the entire tournament would be the performance of uh, Team Brady Clark. Um, knowing those guys, uh, all the work they've put in and the amount of money they've spent traveling, competing, practicing, all that stuff for them to go out and 
think they only won one game. And uh, Brady himself, uh, if you look at the percentages, was not only bottom of the skips, he was bottom of the entire field yeah. in terms of shooting percentage. I mean, he was down at 68%. So, I, I mean, you know, some weeks you just don't have it. And, I mean, it's unfortunate that it had to happen then. But I think a lot of folks had them picked at least to contend for the playoffs, if not uh, be in the final three. So that would that would probably be my biggest single surprise of the event. Yeah, and it was a surprise because Brady and those guys had really had a, a really solid fall. I mean they had they had played pretty well at qualified. I, I don't have I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think qualified in almost every event except maybe one. I mean they they had played a not the nobody played the schedule in the kind of rigorous competition that John Schuster and, and company played, but Brady and them overall had a very successful, steady fall. I, 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 there's no question about it. I mean, I had Brady picked to go to the finals, and you know that was kind of a little bit of just trying to step away and not go all chalk. But a lot of it was just simply the success they had in in the early months of the season. Yeah, that's, I think one of the one of the final events they played before the trials, if not the final event. Again, I don't have a schedule in front of me. Was they they played in the uh, the Huron River Graphics Oil yep. Heritage Classic in Sarnia, in Sarnia. Yep. and in that one they roared all the way to the final, mm-hmm. only to lose to you know some some dude named Glenn Howard. <laughs> yep. yep, you know. Um, but you know, and I mean, what can you say? At the end of the day, you just gotta look at it and say, well, that's curling sometimes. Yeah, you, you do all the prep in the world, and you get to an event, and for whatever reason, it just isn't there, and you know, that's, that's, unfortunately, there's really not much more you can say about it. It just wasn't their week. Yeah, McCormick and those guys, I look, Heat came out of the gate. You saw it. I mean, Heat was dialed in from the minute they stepped on the ice. And, you know, they all had, I think they, I think Heater's team all had some moments where they may not have had, you know, their better games, which I think that, that is curling where you're not always, you know, playing your very best every time you set, you set foot on the ice. But, you know, by and large, that was what we, if what we saw out of Heater McCormick, in that first game of the best of three against John Schuster, I don't want to call it the game of his life, but if that was something he could have strung together again, I don't know if Schuster and those guys were going to beat him. They played that good in that first game. Absolutely. I remember watching that first game, and Heater basically didn't miss. Yeah. Uh, the whole team was firing on all cylinders. John's team was just a little off, I felt, in that first game, maybe just getting a feel for the, the pressure of the event. Um, and... You know, and that's why it's a best of three series yeah. because you know, especially the the magnitude of what's at stake here, it's too much to have riding on just one game. At least with the with the field that we put together here in the U.S. So yeah. I like that it was best of three. I figured they would all go to three games, which they did. Yep. And and then in terms of when they got to the second and especially third games, uh, the really big key for Schuster, I felt, was the was the performance of Tyler George. Yeah. Uh, I think he he was especially in that last game. He basically he basically didn't miss, and he was setting everything up. And John himself was really on, and the team was just firing on, on all cylinders. And you know, at the end of the day, they they came away with the uh, with the t- title Team USA on their back, well earned and well deserved. Yeah, and real quick on the on the on the men's side, one last thing is you know I. To me, we said it, I don't want to belabor the point, but there was no question in my mind that Todd Burr and company, those guys, you know, bringing Hunter Clawson into the mix, hadn't played a lot together, clearly the late entrant into the trials. Those guys more than showed that they, they belonged. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you always know Todd is going to be a factor in any field that he plays in. I mean, he's, he's got too much experience, too much just calm under pressure. He's going to be a factor, and... You know, it was nice to see that those guys 
uh, were able to get to the spot that they did and, and you know, kind of uh, sort of lost it the second half of their tiebreaker game against McCormick. Yeah. But, but then that kind of makes you think, you know, if they hadn't had to go through all that and had stayed intact as a team right from the start, you know, would they have been able to, you know, be together as a team a little bit longer and get that extra step to maybe make the top two? I mean, we'll never know that. That's purely speculative. But, you know, kudos to those guys for putting up the fight that they did and definitely proving that they belonged. Yeah, and on the women's side, you touched on it. You know, it was a uh, – pretty much thought it was a collision course between Nita and Jamie, and obviously that's what we got. But, you know, we talked to, going into it that – I think it was Jerry Gertz made the point that – you know, maybe Corey goes into this thing without any pressure and plays a little bit better because nobody expects it. But you know, Corey was right there. I can't think of outside of maybe one game that just really got away. I mean, Corey was right there going down to the wire in the last you know two and three ends of almost every game they played. They're just obviously a young team in the future of U.S. curling on the women's side. Yeah, it's it, they. No one got. You know, blown off the ice on the women's side in any game that I can think of. You know, yeah. All the games were, were reasonably close and competitive. And, you know, you, you look at a, a field of three teams like, well, okay, I mean, the, the, honestly, the team that's going to be the bottom of the field probably isn't going to be that far away from the team that ended up being the top of the field. That's yeah. certainly the case here. And, uh, you know, they're very, very young team. They've got, you know, I mean, how many more cracks at the trials are they going to have? I mean, they're yeah. also young. So, you know, they can use this experience to learn what it's like to be in that kind of pressure cooker of an event. Mm-hmm. It's fairly safe to say that none of them have had to deal with that kind of pressure. And you learn. And I, there's no doubt that they've learned about it. They know what they have to do to get back there. Um, the future is bright for every member of that team. Yeah. No question. All right. As we find out just in the last, uh, what, just yesterday, uh, USA Curling making several announcements. Of course, uh, the, the completion of the mixed doubles field, the eight teams. We'll talk about that after the interview with Derek McLean and Alex Carlson. But one of the things we find out yesterday, which was uh, imminent, we knew was coming, I believe, in 10 days after the trials, is who officially would be the fifth slash alternates for each team. And there was no surprise Joe Polo on the men's side because he's been with Schuster and company all season. But we had speculated uh, up in the bird's nest as things were winding down, you know, who that might be on the women's side back in Omaha. And I thought it was my personal opinion picking Corey to go, I thought was a a really good move by USA Curling and the high-performance staff because – Simply on the fact that that is the future, and Corey is one outstanding skip, and she's going to just simply get even better. But having that taste of the Olympics, I could not really think of a better choice. Yeah, we as we just said earlier, you know, Corey and her whole team are very young, and they've got you know a lot of kicks at the can of the trials and other things in yep. front of them. And I think they know they you know, the powers that be recognize that, and they want. Corey to get a taste of that because you know it's a safe bet she's you know the odds would say that she's probably going to get to one at some point so it's good for her to get there get that experience and the other factor that comes into play when picking a fifth especially for an event of this magnitude is you want someone that can fill in at any position and Corey has can obviously do that yeah I mean you know some might say oh she's a skip she can't sweep well trust me she can sweep she plays doubles I've seen her sweep it's all good um but there's just so much for her to learn there and uh, you know, be there in case 
she's needed. She hopes she's never needed. I'm sure everyone hopes she's never needed, but a very logical and sensible choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sean Murray, 12th in Sports Network. Bryce Atkinson here. We're going to pop away from here. Just quick, uh, take a quick break. When we come back, Alex Carlson, Derek McLean, one of these eight teams that will be competing at the Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials in Blaine at the Four Seasons Curling Club. Just simply a few weeks away, it'll be here. It's right around the corner. So that interview caught up with them earlier. We will bring that to you. And then Sean and I, we will come back. We will talk about the Mixed Doubles field in Blaine, December 13th through the 17th, when we come back right here on the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. My Curling Club is the ultimate all-in-one solution for curling clubs. It offers a completely customizable club website with online registrations, league management, event calendar, news, photo albums, custom pages, sponsors, and more. The league management module allows administrators to generate a well-balanced schedule for their league in a matter of seconds. Standings and statistics are calculated automatically whenever new scores are entered into the system. Learn more at www.mycurlingclub.com. Again, www.mycurlingclub.com. This week, we are giving you the chance to win a one-year membership to mycurlingclub.com for your curling club. That's a $500 value. To enter, go to our website at www.tesn.us forward slash podcast using the widget in the upper right-hand corner of the page. back in to the Extra Extra Podcast. Price Atkinson here. And now we are, as we are turning the page, getting ready for the Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials coming up in Blaine, Minnesota, hosted by the Four Seasons Curling Club in just a few weeks. But joined by one of the eight teams that will be competing in Blaine for a chance to go to the Winter Olympic Games to represent the United States. First time ever that mixed doubles will be contested in the Olympic Games. Alex Carlson and Derek McLean. Guys, how are y'all doing? Welcome into the Extra Extra in Podcast. We're doing well, thank you. Glad to be here, Bryce. I guess this uh, especially an official welcome to Derek since this is his first appearance. Alex, you've made uh, several many appearances through the last weeks and months as you got ready for Omaha. But as I mentioned, turning the page, getting ready now for Blaine. And I guess let's, let's just talk about it. Where are you guys at? You guys come out of uh, Duluth, uh, the last competition this past weekend on Thanksgiving weekend. You had a great round robin, 4-0, and you know just a, a tough one in the quarters. I guess, what was it, 9-8, to losing to Chris Plies and Eileen Gebbing. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good weekend for us. It was an opportunity to really <laughs> pull away from the men's and women's team curling and, and really just focus in on mixed doubles um, after the the last Olympic trials. With mm-hmm. Thanksgiving as a as a nice little buffer, we kind of hit the reset button and came out playing and and just focused in on mixed doubles. And that's sort of going to be what we're going to be uh, looking at for the next two weeks now too. Um, I'm actually staying out here in St. Paul with Alex mm-hmm. um, for the next two weeks leading up to the trial, just so that we have a little bit more time uh, together so that uh, we can sort of, you know, speed up the uh, team chemistry as, as we get ready for the trials now. Yeah, that's a great point you bring up, Derek, because uh, you mentioned chemistry. You guys in your second season 
curling together. But, you know, getting that chemistry back, Alex, you obviously have, you know, nose to the grind, just working like crazy as y'all were preparing Team Sinclair for the, you know, the Olympic trials in Omaha. How have you been able to turn the page, you know, after, you know, what resulted in Omaha? You guys come up just short, but, you know, how have you been able to turn this page to get ready for this new big challenge coming up in a few weeks? Um, well, the upside is that Derek and I have known each other for a long time, so we've always been mm-hmm. friends. And that, that definitely makes the the jumping off point for teammates um, a little easier. Like we we've spent lots of time where we go and hang out at home mm-hmm. by ourselves forever and ever come back, and it's just it's a really quick click for us. Um, but it's it's been a a good spot because it made it so that I had like a little little thing to look at instead of looking backwards at the negative. Like there's still so much so many positives going forward that it's like well why wouldn't I concentrate on that? Yeah. Yeah. And Derek, you didn't have to, uh, you didn't have to uh, work on her too hard to get her kind of refocused and, and kind of change that frame of mind. You know, Hey, look, we, we got this, we got another opportunity. I'm sure it probably didn't take that long to get her kind of refocused. eh? <laughs> no, Alex is <laughs> one of the most competitive and driven people that I've grown with. So it's really easy. It doesn't even matter if it's a game or a championship or whatever we're playing. And she's looking forward to the next, game the next shot and uh just trying to make everything as perfect as possible what is it about you guys in your second season together what is it you one of you guys mentioned the word click what is it that makes you guys click so well together <laughs> um i there's nothing that you can like exactly pinpoint like you just kind of feel that with some people right like it's just really easy like you enjoy each other's company you you understand kind of like where the other person's coming from and and what their intentions are, and you're on the same page, you're going to the same place, um, and that's just something that's been easy, and like it's not something we've had to work with because it's just kind of like innate to both of us. Yeah. And we both happen to really care about mixed doubles, and we've we've sort of found that uh, shared once we're on the ice is that you know it's it's fun, but you know challenging, and and the game is exciting, and and we really enjoy playing it, and so you know, having the opportunity to work together for the last two years to mm-hmm. study the game and try and understand the strategy and how it may differ or not differ all the time from team curling has been a fun opportunity. For those that haven't seen, as we continue with Alex Carlson mix, uh, and Derek McLean, mixed doubles in the going to be in the Olympics for the first time. Obviously, you guys are competing at the Olympic trials coming up, but for those who have not been exposed to mixed doubles as much for our listeners right now, how is it different? What are some of the big strategic differences? I mean, draw weight is obviously really critical in mixed doubles. What are what are some of the really big strategic differences from team curling to mixed doubles? Mixed doubles looks a lot more like the the really you know high pressure um, men's or women's team curling that uh, you might see mm-hmm. um, in the Grand Slam or something like that, where you get rocks bunched up, where you're fighting and jostling for angles mm-hmm. and one shot can make or break the end. Um, so with mixed doubles, because you start with the play stone and everything is generally played towards the center, uh, if you don't get the rock positioning just right in your early shot, then you're fighting to get back into the end. And then, you know, in the last shot or two of your your team, you've only got five thrown rocks. And so you, every shot counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that fourth or fifth stone, the entire end has the possibility to change. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit more, I think, a little bit more exciting because you end up, you know, on the 
edge of your seat or, or holding your breath through the entire end, yeah. just trying to see what's going to happen and try not to mess anything up. Um, but, you know, with that, it, it makes it a little bit more exciting play on the ace because you know that one wrong shot can can ruin a game even. Yeah. You should, go ahead, Alex. I I'm sorry. It a little bit like uh, it's like you're playing team curling with the five rack free guard zone. Only you don't get to throw your first rack. So just all put in the forefoot for you. And there's, there's just not that many shots left. So you're trying to make some like you have to make something out of mm-hmm. each shot. It, how is it without obviously you have skips and captains so we call well, we obviously know they're skips but in mixed doubles I mean it's just the two of you guys so how does the dynamic work between you know calling the shots who does one of you guys typically trump the other I know it's a team effort but you know when it comes to kind of the strategic side of things who's laying most of the groundwork and making a lot of those calls or is it really even Steven? <laughs> we're, sitting, we're sitting over here laughing at this question because it's, just, it's always one that's a little uh, funny for us to get to. Yeah. Uh, we we split back and forth. Uh, Derek spent <laughs> a little more time focusing and doing a little better job remembering the mixed doubles, like little details about strategy mm-hmm. that sometimes evade me in having not been had as much time at the beginning of the season for it. Um, we both kind of lean two different directions a lot of times. And so it's, it's kind of like classic shooter and skip interaction of, well, I really like this shot. This is why, this is why I like this shot. And we, we do come to some really good conclusions, but every once in a while I get from Derek, which is basically always right. (laughs) Throw it hard, hit it here, and we'll get four. I, I heard an I heard an answer there from you, Alex, with a big smile on your face. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, for us too, Alex normally gets the the first say and and usually the last say because she's the one that's running up and down the sheet to check on the angles in the house uh, while I'm cleaning my rock to get ready to throw it for the middle three. Um, so, so she gets a little bit more input from that. It's when I can, you know, see the, the long run back triple that, that I kind of feel itching to play it. Yeah. As we continue with Alex Carlson, Derek McLean, you can check them out on Facebook on their team page at doubles curling Alex from the St. Paul area. And certainly Derek from out in Seattle, Washington, the Granite Curling Club. And, you know, Derek, you, I, I read a great story in the Seattle times about how you got into the sport, watching it on TV and, you know, just were captivated at a young age and now pursuing your degree, actually a master's now at uh, Seattle University where you do some teaching, but also your psychology master's that you're pursuing is really centered and all based around the game of curling. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm fortunate now that uh, I've moved beyond the master's. I'm actually working on my PhD okay. at this point, um, looking at, you know, the the inner game of you know, any sort of competition or achievement uh, area. So it can be, you know, sports or business or or education, basically Mm -hmm. where you have an opportunity to win or lose um, has a, is a treasure trove of research that you can start to look into and, and understand how people work or, or achieve or not in those sorts of contexts. So it's really fun to uh, be able to see some of that come through and, and, basically live out some of the research that I'm doing through the sport. 
Yeah, what one of your theses, I believe it's uh, it was all about passion as it related to the game and not just the game of curling and sports. What what was you know your classmates? You know when you told them kind of where this all stemmed from. You know how, what was the kind of reaction you get from them? <laughs> um, well, so the the research that came out on on passion was generally showing that uh, the things that are passions are basically part of our identity. And so when I would talk about who I was in a, a get-to-know-you setting, uh, I'd oftentimes talk about curling and, and what a big uh, part it was in my life and, and how it helped shape who I was. Um, and these are sort of laughing at the top would would think it was kind of funny because I was in school in Southern California. And so uh, they, they either didn't know curling or uh, had seen it once, once before in their lives, maybe. Um, but then when I, you know, kept talking about it and relentlessly talked about what was going on on curling zone or, you know, as I'm streaming all of the national championships while I was in uh, grad school down there, um, people sort of realized that I was I was a bit more serious about it than just a casual observer. And uh, then when my uh, advisors um, found out that there was an opportunity to, to make the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave me the green light to go ahead and pursue it. And so that's when I moved back up to Seattle to, uh, to train back full time. Yeah, perfect transition to you know, what I wanted to ask you next is the time you took a little bit of a way. I mean, you had a lot of success at the at the junior level, won junior nationals in 2010, competed at World Juniors that same year. And, you know, you took some time away. I believe it was six years from real serious training, but the chance to come back, was it – was it when mixed doubles was introduced into the Olympics? Was that a big factor and influence to to bring you back to really kind of all right? Let, I want to go for this. Let's try this out. Yeah, I actually always. I mean, I've always loved the game and I've always uh-huh. intended to come back competitive. Um, I just took a I took a little bit of time off so that I could focus on school. Right. Uh, my original plan was actually just to to finish out and do three years at at undergrad, which I did, um, and then I was. I was actually at the curling club with Sean Baton, mm-hmm. my parents, and uh, and Murray Baton, who was my coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of my my university career, and I was talking to them when I got a, the phone call from uh, my my graduate professors asking me to come down to California to research with them. Minutes before that, we were actually ready to uh, call up um, Alex Carlson and her mom, <laughs> see if I could move out and spend some time uh, here in St. Paul and just be a, a curling bum for a year or two as I made the transition from undergrad to grad school and, and figured that curling would be a big part of it at that time. So, so it was sort of, you know, happenstance that I went in and took as long of a break as I did mm-hmm. uh, with the, the six years. But, you know, I knew that, you know, I, I did the three years in undergrad. And so I said, okay, well, just three more years. That's all I need to do to finish out all of my um, schoolwork, and then I can get back into it and go full bore, you know, as competitive or full time as I want, um, because I'll have that flexibility and I'll have my education done and behind mm-hmm. me, so I can just move forward. <clears throat> Yeah, and school obviously a full time job while trying to curl and train. And Alex, that's something you obviously know a lot about, not in terms of school, which you got a biomedical engineering degree from Marquette in 2011. But as a biomedical engineer, you know, there in the Twin Cities area, 
how in the world do you manage that kind of a job, the time that comes with that, plus trying to be on the ice, training, in the weight room, conditioning, everything that you've got going on while trying to pursue an Olympic dream? Um, basically, I have the world's best boss. <laughs> um, I was working, I did a, work for the Dick Sporting Goods mm-hmm. Olympic Hopeful program for a little while, Yep. Uh, but then I was lucky enough to find someone who was willing to work with me on my schedule and competitive needs um, so that I can do like part-time work and like flex based hours. So when I'm home, I spend a lot of time working when I'm gone. I spend basically no time working, mm-hmm. which is great because it allows me to focus when we're on the road. Cause I don't know anyone else, if anyone else has ever tried to like fit in a meeting and then go curl it, just, your brain's not in either place. Yeah. Um, but then when I'm home, like I'll take, we've, we've, <laughs> Uh, I convinced my women's team that we should move our practices a little bit earlier in the morning so that you can still get into work at a more logical hour or Mm -hmm. workouts are at night um, or on the weekends. And that kind of stuff has really made it so that I've, I can kind of give my boss an expectation of when I will and won't be around. Um, And that's really helpful, but it's just that they're um, as a, I'm working as a consultant and so it's just a, a spot that's hugely flexible that I'm really lucky to have ended up in. Yeah, and, and something I, I know in talking with your mom at, uh, at back in Omaha at the Olympic trials just a couple weeks ago, uh, in a story I did on you, I wanted to give you the t- chance to just kind of talk about it and spread the awareness because you're a type 1 diabetic, and you've a lot of your career from what talking with your mom especially is that your you know professional career a lot in a lot of ways is you know driven by something that you have dealt with your entire basically your entire life since you were four as a type 1 diabetic and you know just tell everybody because one of the things I was struck by talking with you and your mom it this is not something you get a vacation from and especially curling at the highest level of in any sport but in your particular sport this is clearly something that is always managed that is almost like, I think it was your mom mentioned, just one crazy science experiment. <laughs> yeah, it really is one crazy science experiment. Um, it definitely drove me to to pursue the field that I'm in because mm-hmm. I started seeing all of these cool innovations as I was a kid. Like I got my first insulin pump when I was 10 or 11, and that changed my perspective on yeah. how to handle and manage everything. Um, and then you just keep seeing all these cool little things, and I'm like, man. I want to create some cool little thing to help someone else in their daily life, whatever. Um, and so that, that definitely drove me into the, the, uh, biomed sphere, but it's been all those little, little new interventions that have made, um, tracking my blood sugars and having good control while I'm curling just that much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have, I have my, my blood sugar constantly on my phone. Like I don't even have to go and, t- and poke my finger. Like I have a, a device that, communicates with my phone and, and keeps me alerted. So it's, it's telling me like, I don't have to wait until I'm feeling something a little different. Like you can always kind of just, you have these little feelings that you get when your blood sugar is changing. Mm-hmm. No, my, my phone can, can catch that for me before I even notice. And that wow. makes managing it on the ice a lot easier because instead of getting to the point where it's a problem, I get, I get a, alerted basically before it's a problem. And I can take a small correction instead of having to, 
take a massive roller coaster ride <laughs> with your blood <laughs> yeah yeah as you i know your mom active in uh, jdrf there locally in minnesota raises a lot of money for diabetes research and you know you had mentioned about athletes for hope a lot of stuff you do there i thought one thing that was ironic that that your older sister was diagnosed as a type one as well the day you were born so having a role model i'm sure was really big or somebody right there in the family that you could talk to you know, to, you know, kind of go through the journey a little bit with her, but also you're a role model yourself for young kids that you meet in a lot of the volunteer work you do, Alex. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been great to have someone that's uh, just a, a couple steps ahead of me and showing me what I might run into later. Well, running into is something you guys are obviously going to do with some great competition with seven other teams there in Blaine as you guys get ready. What is the next just couple days, weeks like for you guys just training together? You mentioned getting on the same page. I guess what is what do you guys focus on here uh, as you try to put Christmas shopping to the periphery just for a little while longer, if not do it online, and focus on everything you guys got to do to button it down for Blaine? Christmas shopping is a is a good stress reliever, <laughs> so so it's not so far in the periphery. Yeah. So yeah, no. For us, what we're doing right now is just uh, we're we're really spending a lot of time looking at film. Um, we're we're st- back to studying just the mixed doubles game again, making that transition mm-hmm. from men's. Games. Um, and then next week we uh, a little bit heavier on ice work. Um, just the two of us to make sure that we're comfortable with seeing each other's releases from the sweeper position and and knowing what to look out for, knowing what, you know, it, it looks like if we drop a, a release or if we're outing it um, so that we know when we can or, you know, should not jump uh, a, a sweep call or something. Um, and then after that, we've got a little break um, for the Evelith cash spiel, um, the Kuromasabi cash spiel. And then it's, straight into the trials and and one final question for you guys wrapping up with Alex Carlson Derek McLean Alex I'm kind of curious from from your standpoint is it is it odd is it you guys have curled against each other with everybody just seem I mean it's a very small tight-knit community but is it a little bit odd to go and compete this coming up Olympic trials for mixed doubles and you're going to have your entire team from Team Sinclair that's also going to be competing because obviously, you know, the other three, Vicky and Monica and Jamie, want to try and get to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, obviously my plan is to crush them all, so I'm not too worried <laughs> <new> about that. <laughs> no holding back, Miss Carlson. No holding back at all. <laughs> Never. Um, no, we, like we knew that this was a, a sure. high chance, especially if we didn't qualify as a team. Um, obviously my teammates are all great curlers. That's been the great part about playing with them. That's the downside about competing against them, but it it makes it so that it's no surprise that everyone ended up with a a spot in the mixed doubles trials because they are great curlers and they have great teammates. Um, and we'll just go and compete against them like we would anyone else. We've, we've looked at our future season and we have plans and contingencies and all that all sorted before we even even get to anything so it's not like we're sitting here and debating or going to be mad at someone I mean obviously if someone else goes I'll be mad at them because I wanted to go but not because (laughs) not because I'm like surprised by their choice or anything like that 
Well, Alex, Derek, uh, just from all of us here, the Extra Extra Podcast, myself, Joe, or you know everybody here, just wish you guys all the best. Can't wait to see you and Blaine. It, it feels like it just saw you, Alex, in, in Omaha. But looking forward to a fun few days there at Four Seasons, and you know, best of luck in the training as you guys get ready. Thank Thanks, you. Bryce. All right, and that's Team Alex Carlson, Derek McLean. Appreciate that great conversation, some great team dynamic. Really enjoy catching up with both of them as they are locking it down, getting ready for the Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials coming up at the Four Seasons Curling Club, December 13th through the 17th. Should be a lot of fun as we will crown another Team USA to head to the Winter Olympic Games. So let's go ahead and uh, take a very, very short break when we come back. Going to get into a little bit of the Mixed Doubles and also who knows what other kind of shenanigans we will get into here on the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th Inn Sports Network powered by Isagenics. Have you tried different weight loss programs and are still looking for results? I was too until I found Isagenics, and it didn't take long before I started getting the results that I wanted. Isagenics is a complete 9-day or 30-day weight loss energy performance and health aging program. With over 550,000 customers in 7 countries, Isagenics' science-backed ingredients and products are rigorously tested for safety and will help boost your weight loss efforts by gently cleansing and nourishing your body. Isagenics' cleansing and fat-burning system has helped me relieve daily stress and given me even more energy to play with my kids from sun up to sun down. Every day and every week, I'm coming across and meeting a friend of mine that is also an Isagenics customer. My personal Isagenics associate, Sarah Schuster, helped me take control of my health and, most importantly, my life. Sarah walked me through the entire process, answered every question, and most importantly, serves as my personal daily cheerleader. And she can do the same and more for you. Give Sarah a call with the keyword curling at 218-391-1566 and she'll waive your one-year membership fee. Stop making excuses and start taking control. Let Sarah get you started on a healthier life at 218-391-1566. Isagenics did it for me, and it can do it for you. All right, rolling right along here on the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Bryce Atkinson joined by... My good friend, TSN colleague, Sean Murray from the Twin Cities. And, you know, Sean, great stuff to catch up with Derek McLean and Alex Carlson right there. Looking forward to seeing them play coming up in the Mixed Doubles Olympic Team Trials in Blaine, hosted by Four Seasons. That one's going to be, again, December 13th through the 17th. And this week we, we knew the five to five of the eight teams because they had qualified at the Mixed Doubles Championship earlier in the season. But Joe Polo, Tabitha Peterson, Croy Nuremberger, Nina Roth, Matt Hamilton and Becca, Alex Carlson, Derek, then Vicky Persinger and Jared Zezel, the five qualifiers. And then we get this week the three discretionary teams added coming off the uh, qualifier, if you will, up in Duluth this past weekend. We get added Jamie Sinclair, Corey Dropkin, and then Monica Walker and Jason Smith. Finally, Corey Christensen, John Schuster. No real surprise. I think the three teams in your book, uh, in mine probably as well, the, the pretty much the obvious picks we expected. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there's, you know, th- there's not a whole lot in the way of, of tour events yet to uh, yeah. pick doubles teams from. Um, 
uh, I would say the only uh, slight argument I've seen that, you know, maybe there could have been a different choice. I've seen a, a few opinions that maybe mm-hmm. Pete Maureen Stolt could have been added instead, yep. you know, because I know they put a lot of money into it. But, you yep. know, at, at the end of the day, the, the selections are made. And, and the teams that we have are here, and I mean it's a it's a crazy good field, and it's right here in Blaine. I'll I'll be at the arena emceeing for most of the event, so it'll be good to actually watch it and just you know and see who the first ever U.S. mixed doubles team is going to be. It's going to be real exciting. Yeah, and you and I've talked extensively about this. Uh, I know back in nationals in February, but you know for for listeners right now that just have not been exposed to very much mixed doubles, you know, I asked Derek and Alex about it, but in your book, the major differences between obviously, I don't want to call it regular curling, four team curling, team curling, whatever you will, but the difference with mixed doubles. Well, having played in a couple of mixed doubles nationals myself, uh, I can say as a player, one of the most obvious differences is how fast the game is. It is, you know, it's only five rocks being thrown and end and, you know, eight ends instead of 10. And I mean, a game of mixed doubles takes an hour and a half. You are done with the game before you know it. It is a blistering pace. And it's also, I would say in, in, in general, just from an individual athlete perspective, I would say it's a little more physical because you have a lot of players that throw and then when they let go of the rock, they jump up and sweep their own rock. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you got to be in fairly decent, good physical shape to do that. Uh, I'd say those are the two biggest differences in my book. I mean, if you want to get into strategy, you could say, well, it's all about draws. And it is yeah. kind of all about draws. Um, so I've also, I would also say that it really helps to improve your touch game. But it is mentally, it's a completely different game from standard curling. So when you look and handicap the field, we know that the Hamiltons, they went over to Worlds and really had a, a really good run until just a, uh, played a bad game. You look at them as the favorites, Joe Polo, Tabitha Peterson, right there, maybe co-favorites. I mean, it's hard to handicap in terms of favorites and, and putting odds on anything, especially because there's just not that many events. But if you were to look at, say, maybe the top three teams you think to contend for that spot in the Olympics, who would you go with? Uh, you know, as you say, it's it's just so hard to handicap uh, a field in this format because, I mean, every one of these players are just fantastic players. And, you know, mixed doubles just by its very nature is such a such a relatively chaotic format that, you know, anyone can win any time with players of this caliber. So uh, I, I would kind of agree with you that if I had to pick top three, I would definitely put the Hamiltons up there and probably Tabitha and Joe just because they're the two most recent national champions. Yeah. Uh, as as far as a third team, you know that's really tough to say. I mean, any of these teams could get on a run. I might I might maybe say uh, Jamie Sinclair and Corey Dropkin just because they they most recently won that mixed doubles event up in Duluth this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I mean, they could get on a run. Uh, Monica and Jason Smith Smitty could get on a run yeah. when they play. Yep. Uh, I, I I think one of the more interesting sub details about this event is that. Of these eight teams, you've got four that have players on them that have existing Olympic commitments with their men's and or women's teams. Yeah, I I, so, I agree yeah. with you. I do think that's an interesting dynamic because you look at the Hamiltons who they both qualified. And so do they – is this one of those – they want to win. You know both of them. They are not, they're not going to step out on the ice to simply go through the motions. They are going for that spot. But at the same time, you know, like they said uh, out, out in Omaha – 
you know, boy, this makes us play a lot looser with a lot less pressure in Blaine. Right, and and that could be very dangerous. That really could, um, you know, because they're they're both going already. And you could say the same thing for Corey Christensen and John Schuster. They're both going. You know, what's what what's the pressure for them? So yeah. that's gonna, I think, create a, a bit of an interesting question. Is okay, say the Hamiltons go, or say Tabitha and Joe. Yeah, say they go. Okay, well, I think the mixed doubles competition starts first. And then after that, the team competition starts. You know, are we going to have players there competing the entire, you know, two three weeks? I mean, that's that's a lot of curling. Yeah. And well, so it'll be interesting to see how it's how it'll happen. Yeah, a lot. Of, all the teams made decisions. You know, if they made it, what they would do with mixed, and you know, if they needed to pull out, they would pull out. I, you know, I'm not going to get into specific players who told me what, but they they said, you know, if we had made it, we wouldn't do mixed. And some said, oh, well, we were going to do both regardless. It it really didn't matter. But I think I think an interesting one is Jamie and Corey because they won up at Duluth, right, for the qualifier just this past weekend, and then. I believe, didn't they win or did they make the final in Seattle? I believe there was an event out there. They were in the finals. I can't remember if they won or got second, but they played pretty well. But also two two players that, you know, ultra competitive like everybody is, but, you know, had the hurt coming up short in Omaha and will do whatever it takes to maybe kind of grind it out and find a way to win this thing in Blaine. Yeah, that, that could you could definitely see a little bit of extra uh, incentive on the shoulders of those two to, to make something happen. Uh, you could also say the same for uh, you know, Monica and Smitty. Yeah. You know, Monica was a, a win away from going herself. Yep. And, uh, you know, and you're talking players of two, of two, te- two teams of two players rather that were both at the trials and both didn't make it. Those ones could have a little extra motivation to make something happen here. But, you know, again, you get to that point, it's like, okay, well, now we're talking about five of the eight teams, six of the eight teams. And there, there's just – it's just so difficult to really handicap. It's going to depend on, like anything else, who comes out hot and who's making the most shots. Yep. All right. Well, again, the Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials coming up, hosted by the Four Seasons Curling Club. They're in Blaine. That's December the 13th through the 17th. First time that Mixed Doubles will be contested in the Winter Olympic Games in Pyeongchang, and it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see how this plays out. It's going to be a bang-bang, you know, really kind of few days there in Blaine. But I guess let's go ahead and wrap it up, uh, Sean Murray. Wanted to make sure a programming note for next week. Speaking of Corey Dropkin and Jamie Sinclair, scheduled to be joined by both of them uh, for the podcast next week ahead of those trials. So looking forward to catching up with both of them to kind of talk about how they've turned the page since Omaha. But, again, really appreciate Derek McLean, Alex Carlson. Great interview with them there in that last segment. But, uh, Sean Murray, looking forward to uh, breaking bread, seeing you again here in a couple weeks real soon and, uh, you know, having some fun. Can't wait to hear everything about uh, about the Angry Birds new team and how you guys are doing. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network powered by Isagenix. John Murray, I'm Price Atkinson. We will see you again right here again next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast powered by Isogenics.
Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.